Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Exalt you, we praise you, we magnify you. Lord, I thank you for this time with this incredible group of women that you placed into this room this morning, for this moment, for this time, for this season. And I thank you, Lord, for these incredible, fearless women. And I praise you. I thank you for what you're going to do, what you've already done in their lives, and what you're going to do. That they're going to walk out of this place by tonight, and whatever they were, the bondage that was carrying that was keeping them bound in fear in any area of their life is going to be broken off. They're going to choose to walk in freedom. They're going to choose to walk out of fear into faith, into faith in you, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords over everything, over every situation and circumstance that we could ever face. We give you praise and honor and glory for this day. It belongs to you. You are welcome in our midst to do what you want to do and only what you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, my amazing chosen girls. Man, you're looking good this morning. I am like so, like, I mean, y'all were having fun last night. I'm like, right, okay. Like, does the chocolate kind of, when you have it late, kind of keep you up? Okay, it does me too, but I don't care. I still eat it. Doesn't matter. Still going to have it. I'm going to take it just, oh, goodness, this water is so full. Okay. Well, Chosen Fearless, 18 years, 18 years of Chosen this year. Isn't that amazing? All glory to God, that's for sure. You know, and it seems like every year that God just builds on for the next one. Like as you saw for next year, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And it's about power. Well, the same thing happened this year. Uh, last year, our theme was, do you, if you came, do you remember? It was look up. That was our theme last year that God had given me. He gave me that in February of 2020, right as COVID was getting ready to happen. And I know why he gave me that at that time. And the scripture that he gave me, and and the reason I'm just going to read it again is again, because God is building. He's building this year on what he did last year. And he builds from the year before on the next year because God is always doing a new thing. And he takes us from glory to glory and faith to faith. And we're walking on this path with him. So our scripture last year, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 in the message was, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection of life with Christ, then act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ because that's where the action is. Things, see things from his perspective. 
And that, in that same year, that was in February, then in 2020, that same year, but in December, I was walking into these doors right over here in the east entrance, and I heard the word fearless. Now, obviously, through 2020 and through all of COVID, we were all fighting fear, okay? But we fight fear every day. Okay, not just then, but those were unusual kind of circumstances, like three years, what the heck, right? But so I was walking through these doors and I heard the word fearless and I looked up and on the screen it said fearless, not, yeah, there, but (laughs) it was in white like that, but it was a blue screen. And then I knew in my spirit that that was the theme that God wanted us to have after look up was fearless. Because doesn't that make sense? I mean, really, you can't be fearless without looking up. If you don't keep your eyes focused on Jesus and on his word, you cannot be fearless. If you're not looking up to the author and the the finisher, the God who made you, who created you, who put in you and said to you that you're chosen. If you're not looking to him, you cannot be fearless. And And I thought, well, that just makes really perfect sense. I've got to see things from your perspective, God. I've got to look up and see things from your perspective to be fearless. Well, what is perspective? It's your mindset. It's your attitude. It can be negative, which is very toxic, or it can be positive, which will push you forward. When you have a positive, faith-filled mindset, you're going to move forward. It's going to push you forward. And there are two kinds of mindsets, only two, fear or faith. Which one are you going to live in? Fear or faith? You know, f- you know, if you're living in fear, it's going to, faith, first of all, says, I can trust God's goodness and power that they're sufficient in my life to do whatever he wants. We sang that last night. Your goodness is always chasing me down. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you can trust in God's goodness and his faithfulness and that you have, I can trust in that and his power to work in your life, that it's sufficient in my life? Do you actually believe that? Fear says, well, I'm on my own. I, I'm on my own. Something might, might bad happen to me. And what if I can't handle it if something bad happens to me? Perspective is my way of viewing things, how I look at things. Am I going to live in fear or faith? How am I going to respond to things? Am I going to respond to things happening to me and around me, thoughts coming to me in faith or fear? Because they're coming all the time. All the time. Fear is your enemy. You've got to see it as that. It is your enemy. And God is fearless. Because he's fearless, you can be fearless, okay? Because he lives in you. He lives in you. And you can't have both. You cannot have fear and faith. They won't, they will not stand together. And you know, there are all kinds of things that we can be afraid of. I mean, there's things in the natural, you know, you can be, uh, there. I know people that are afraid of heights. I know of people that are afraid of being in a room by themselves or, you know, in a small room or a small space. I know people that are afraid of certain reptiles. In fact, I just recently faced one of those. But you need to know, okay, how I face that. Because what does the Bible say? The Bible says that we will tread on serpents and scorpions that over the power of the enemy and they're under my feet. That's what the Bible says. So recently, just actually a week ago, 
This young woman, she called me with children and she saw a snake. She saw a snake, it was out on these steps going down from her house and she called me and she goes, I don't know what to do. I am afraid, well, she didn't say that, but she was like, my husband's not home, I don't know what I'm gonna do, this snake is in there. Um, and I said, well, and she was a little fearful of killing, and it was just a baby snake, okay? And I just said, well, do you have a shovel? Well, yes, I have a shovel. Do you know how to use your shovel? <laughs> no. I said, well, I'll be right over. Get your shovel ready. So I went over to her house, and there it is. No, wait, there's me in the shovel. But look at the snake. Go back to the snake. You need to see the snake. Okay, there it is. That's the snake I killed. Yes, ma'am. I am a serpent killer. And then I, okay, so we wanted a picture of me with the shovel. So I went around here and I said, hey guys in the facilities, do you have a shovel I can borrow? So they gave me a shovel. I think this was Monday or Tuesday. I'm walking around the church here this week with a shovel in my hand. And everybody was like, what is going on? Cindy's walking through the halls with a shovel. What is she going to do with the shovel? And somebody said, well, I don't know, but I saw Rick, so he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever thought about hitting Rick with a shovel? Well, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Who's married? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> but I was not going to be afraid. I mean, I'm, I mean, and I understand that that's a fear that some people have. But I conquered it. Okay? So I'm a serpent killer now. But don't be calling me. Don't be texting me. I'm not coming to your house, especially, you know, anyway. Do you have a shovel? Face your fear. That's what I'm going to say. Face your fear. <laughs> I can be fearless because he's faithful. You know, it's so amazing. He is so faithful. It's so amazing. Yesterday, actually, I was driving my car, and I, I was coming up to the church, and this song came on, and when I got home, I was like, I looked it up, and, because I had never heard it before. And I thought, this is so powerful. I'm going to read the words to it, to some of it, because I was like, this is, this is so good, the meaning, the words to this song. Because it's, the name of the song was Things I'm Afraid Of. And it says, I heard this in the car yesterday, and I know that's not an accident, and I know that these words, is for somebody that needs to hear this. It says, when I am shaking and my heart's pounding, you always take me. Make me lie down in peaceful fields where I can clear my head. Because I get so overcome with anxiety, like there's an enemy living inside of me. Like a mocker yelling out, telling lies to me. And I don't feel brave, but I don't have to. Because I walked through the valley of shadows. And it did scare me. But you're with me everywhere I go. So I won't give up. My fears would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. Isn't that powerful? I mean, what a powerful song. The things that I'm afraid of, Lord, they're afraid of you. Uh, you're, he says, and it, it goes, you prepare... And he was talking about depression affecting him, medication and counseling. And he said, still, I can hear, feel, he was singing, I can fear calling out to me. But I walked through the shadows of death. My fears would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. 
the things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. Wow. So powerful, right? Such a powerful song. Okay, so God wants us. First of all, the most common command in Scripture is fear not. Fear not. And God wants us to move from faith to fear. How do we do that? He wants us to do something. It does take you doing something. You have to make a decision. You have to do something. You know, he does not take away the presence of fear. But he gives you the courage and everything that you need to face it. It's always going to be there. It's like, well, couldn't you just take it away? It's, but you know why? It's because the enemy. The enemy is bringing the fear. And the enemy is the one, through the thoughts and things that are coming to you, are bringing that fear. God gives you what you need to take care of it and have the courage, you know, to face it. I am putting my eyes, I want to tell you, on the goodness of God. And that's what we have to do. Put our eyes on the goodness of God in this moment, in the moment when the fear comes on you and you have to face it. In this moment, not looking back, not looking forward, not looking all around me, but knowing and saying that my mindset is already made up. My mind is already made up and it's already reached a conclusion. And you know what that conclusion is? It's our scriptures that God gave me for this year. Isaiah 41 and 10, I won't be afraid because he is with me. I will not be discouraged for he is my God. He will strengthen me. He will help me. He will hold me up with his victorious right hand. The I am is there. The I am is there. Whatever it is I need, I am. He is, okay, for me. Psalms 46, 1 and 2, God is a safe and powerful place of refuge you, God, are a proven help in my time of trouble. I make it personal. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. I will not fear. Isaiah 35, 4 in the voice. I'm telling you today, tell those who worry, who are anxious, the fearful, take strength and have courage. There's nothing to fear. Look here, your God, right here is your God. The balance is shifting. God will right all wrongs. None other than God will give you success. He is coming to make you safe. And that is his word for you today. You know, I kept feeling like when I was praying for this conference and I was praying, coming into this conference of God really strongly that God wanted me to talk about a woman in the Bible that was fearless. And there are so many fearless women in the Bible. I mean, I was like, oh, I'm excited. Okay, maybe I could talk about Esther. Would you like me to talk about her? Because I mean, you know, her uncle said, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And she said, if I perish, I perish. I mean, wow, fearless, right? What about you know, Deborah, the only woman judge in the Bible. What about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who the angel said, hey, you're going to bring forth a child. And she says, be it done unto me according to my faith. I mean, uh, wow, that's pretty fearless. What about, can I talk about one of those? I, I mean, those are, I, these are incredible fearless women. <laughs> this is so funny to me. I'm like, I kept hearing Rahab. You want me to talk about Rahab? God, where our introduction to Rahab 
And Joshua is, it says, Rahab the prostitute. That's who you want me to talk about? That fearless woman? That fearless woman in the background? It's a remarkable story of an unlikely woman. And that's us, unlikely women. Who changed history? Rahab. She changed history. The lineage of Jesus, okay, yep, she's named, and when you introduce her in the Bible, it says the prostitute, but she's the lineage of Jesus, the mother-in-law of Ruth, the great-grandmother of David, a woman who, instead of living in fear, trusted God and his promises, and she turned her mindset to a mindset of faith instead of fear. What can we learn from her? What are you trying to teach us? What do you, God, what do you want me to share with the ladies about Rahab? Well, first of all, I want to give you a little background in case you don't know about that story. Moses is dead. You know, God told, set the children of Israel free, took them out of Egypt, brought them, wanted to take, took them across the Red Sea, wants to take them into the promised land. That didn't happen. Moses dies. Now it's up to Joshua. And he's telling Joshua, I want you to take, he specifically said, I want you to take my children into the promised land. That was his command. And that was his plan. But the land was occupied by enemies. Okay, the land, our future, that God has promised us is occupied by enemies. But God is still calling us to go and take the land. And to fulfill our promises and to do what he's called us to do and be what he's meant, wants us to be, which are the amazing chosen fearless women. It hasn't changed. And it's blocked by enemies. So Joshua decides to two, send two spies to check out the land to see what's ahead of them. So I'm going to read from Joshua 2, 1, 20 through 22. It's a long, but it is such a great story. It, I love this story. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there all night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went, but if you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road, leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk to them. I know the Lord God has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. She's not. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sion and Gag, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. 
No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will, you will be kind to me and my family since I've helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother and brothers and sisters and all, my, and all their families. And they said, we offer our own lives as a guarantee for safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days from the men searching for you. Then, when they have returned, you can go your way. Before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When you come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope. I love that. From the window through which you let us down. And all your families, your father, your mothers, your brothers, and all of your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street, they'll be killed and it will not be our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on the people inside the house, we will accept the responsibility for the death. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. The spies went up into the hill country and stayed there for three days. The men who were chasing them searched everywhere along the road, but they finally returned without success. Now, the spies, the fact that the spies were in her house was very, I think, very strategic decision because she's a prostitute. So it wasn't unusual for people to be in her house, right? Different people. Lots of people came to her house, including from people from out of town. So, I mean, in my mind, I think it was a strategic decision by them that we can go in there and not be detected. But unfortunately, it didn't work. Rahab had a decision to make when they came in there. Will she protect them or will she betray them? And she decides to put her life on the line and protect them. She didn't have, they were afraid and she, you know, the whole town was afraid, but she wasn't afraid of them, was she? She put the li her life and the lives of her family on the line. If the truth had been discovered, she would have been executed as a traitor. She put her life on the line for these strangers on her roof. She was brave, she, but she had a motive. She knew something. She knew something that was different. And why did she do this? Well, she says, I know the Lord has given you, in Joshua 2, 9 and 11, I know the Lord's given you the land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. We've heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens and the earth above and the earth below. She heard, she believed, and then she confessed. She heard the word of the Lord. 
She believed. She heard the report. She heard what had happened. She believed. She believed that this, these people, these spies were from God. And she confessed. She had been a pagan worshiper. They worshiped all kinds of gods, lots of gods. It wasn't just one god, lots of gods. But she had a mo- she had a change of heart. Her heart changed. Her motive was a motive of faith. She put her faith in something different. The one supreme God of heavens above and earth below. And it took away any fear that she had. Because she put her faith and her hope in that God. She said, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. She obviously went through a conversion process and had such extreme faith that not only was she willing to risk her own life, immediate execution, and the lives of her family, of her entire family, but she was also now willing to partner with God. She's willing to now partner with God for his purposes in the promised land. She was going to be a partner in what God was going to do in the land and save her whole family. I mean, what a conversion. She saw the big picture. The, you know, in herself, she's probably like, you know what? The Lord has decided this land's going to be the pe- for the people of Israel. And there's nothing I can do about it. We can do about it. I'm helping you because guess what? I believe, I know that you're on the side that wins. And I want to be on the side that wins. I want to be on the side that wins. Joshua, you're on the winning side. Are you on the winning side? She knows with certainty God is going to fulfill his promises. She had more faith than the Israelites had. She did. Then they they didn't even have it. I mean, do you remember back in, you know, when they first went out and they said they're going into the promised land? They're like, oh, no. And they send spies. Sounds like this time, you know, except they send the spies out and only two came back, Joshua and Caleb, and said, oh, we can take the land. The rest of them are like, oh, no, we can't. And they're afraid. Okay, here, here we go. 42 years later, two spies. And she says, I believe. I believe. We have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to those kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. And that gave her her faith. When did that happen? What she's talking about, 42 years earlier, the Red Sea. Those kings, 41 years earlier. Can you imagine? It's like we're living in San Antonio and in Houston. I'm just going to say Houston, or it could be Austin. I don't know. It's going to be farther than that. But anyway, it's going to be in Houston. And, you know, and you're the people of Israel, and you're in this city, and then you hear about It's been passed down. It's been 42 years. But all these years, as you're growing up, all you heard about was all the stories about what is what the how God delivered his people out of Egypt and the Red Seas and separated and killed Pharaoh and all of his armies. And you heard these stories about how this amazing, mighty God came into the land to set them free and put the red cord over their door. And if they were 
were under the red with the blood over their door that they were saved. She'd heard this from, this is 42 years later. She's still, they're still talking about it. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. It could be a long time. But you've heard. You believe. You're willing to wait and see the fruition of God's promises to see you and your family saved. You will believe it. You will believe it. It happened that long ago. Fear got in the way of the Israelites. Fear stopped them from experiencing their blessings 40 years before that. You know what was really cool? When you read in Joshua, they go back. These spies go back and they say, guess what? Because it could have been like that before that the spies go back and go, oh no, these, this is the wall city. This is Jericho. There's no way we can take it. No, guess what? They went back and told Joshua what she told them. What she told them. They're afraid of us. They are afraid of us. We're going to take them. They don't have any courage. They're not going to fight us. We're going to take this land. It boosted the Israelites' faith because of what she said. Don't you love that? This woman that was a prostitute. I love it. I love it. She boosted their faith. You know, and they couldn't experience their blessings. It could have stopped hers from getting her blessings. But guess what? It didn't. It didn't. She could have said, well, what if? What if, you know what? What if the king finds out, oh, these men come in my house. She knew they were different. What if they come in my house and they find out, what if, what if I get killed? What if it, my whole family gets killed? Well, what if they find out what I do? What if the, these Israelites, this is, these are Israelites. These are the people of God. What if they find out who I am and what I do? What if? What if? How many of ourselves, of our allows ourselves to be trapped by so many small things, but because we don't have the faith to trust what God has for us on the other side. These little things that will come in our way because we can't trust. It could be fear that comes because we can't lo- go, let go of the past. We're constantly looking back, wishing our life was different, wishing our situations had been different, wondering what could have been, would have been, might have been, if we'd made a different choice. The fear of making the same mistakes, it cripples us. What if I lose my job? Trust God. What if I never get married? Trust God. And who you marry matters. Hashtag, that's Wendy treats one of her. I love that hashtag, she's, as it does. What if I had finished school? Maybe I wouldn't be struggling. What if? It could be fear that comes from, because we've been hurt. You know what, we've trusted people before and they let us down. I can't trust people. What if, what if that happens again? If I gave my heart, I gave my heart to someone and then they just walked over, over all over it. And that hurts. But what if that happens again? What if I had this great business partner and then I found out they were just using us? Fear of failure, of people, of challenges, of criticism, of change, of disappointment, of embarrassment, of inadequacy. The list goes on and on and on. Why don't we use the talents that God's given us, the things that God's given us? In the parable of the talents that Jesus talks about, he said the one, there was one servant who didn't anything. And he said, what did you do? He said, well, I hid it. I've, I was afraid. 
And I hid it. I hid my talent. I didn't use it. That is Satan's favorite tactic to make you afraid. We, you know, it gets us to say to ourselves, I could never do that. I, I couldn't, I'm not qualified. My little won't make a difference. I, I might fail. I'm afraid I might fail. Fear keeps us from reaching our full potential in God's hands. That's what can happen. But it didn't happen to Rahab. It didn't happen to her. Where everybody else saw obstacles, she saw opportunity. These men have come into my house. I have an opportunity for my house to be saved. She knew what was going to happen. It had already been 42 years hearing about how God is the supreme God who's going to just come and destroy them, right? It doesn't matter. So she, she saw opportunity where everyone else is hesitant. Not her. She's full of faith. She's bold. She's stepping out in faith. Where everybody else is, might be worried, oh, not her. She's trusting. She's believing everything they said. They said, you do this, I'll do that. She says, I believe it. I'm gonna, you're going to swear by your oath. I'm going to put that red, you're gonna, I'm going to put that red, that crimson th- thread, I'm going to just say rope down, and I, my, me, me and my family are going to be saved. You know what? She doesn't care she's a woman, and in those days, women had nothing. Okay, they had no rights, nothing. Totally. But she didn't care she was a woman. She didn't care what she was a Canaanite, which was the enemy of God. She didn't care. She didn't care she was a prostitute. She doesn't care that her, she's going against her culture to choose God over them. And what happens? Joshua 6.25 Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the spies that Joshua had sent to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. That's what it said. She triumphed by faith. She understood that placing herself under the banner of God was the safest place she could be. That's the safest place you can be. It was safer than turning the spies over to the king, safer than relying on the defenses of Jericho. It became the means by which her whole family was saved. Instead of her allowing herself to get stuck in the past, don't let your past define your future. Instead of getting stuck with the Canaanite culture and stuck in her mistakes, instead of that, she took a step of faith, a step of faith, and she said, I'm going to stick with God. I'm determined to stick with God. Nothing she feared was going to stop her from doing that because she knew that God already had gone before her to prepare the way. God wanted to give her a fresh start. He wanted to give her freedom, and that's what he wants to give you. He wants to give you a fresh start. He wants to lead you to freedom, and your faith can lead you to freedom. And then we go to Hebrews 11. I love this. In Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith, they call it the great hall of faith. Those who are identified as living a life of faith, in Hebrews 11, 29, 31, it was by faith that the people of Israel 
right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. Well, when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. 42 years of history. And who gets mentioned? Rahab. Joshua doesn't even get mentioned. Rahab. She's mentioned. Oh my, something, I mean, there's something about her that made her stand out. Something that enables her to get mentioned in the same list of Noah and Abraham and Joseph and Moses and David. She's mentioned among them all because she put her life on the line. She was fearless. She welcomed the spies. Are you going to be a woman who instead of living in fear is going to walk in faith? Whatever that fear is that's trying to hold you back. To trust God in his promises. Are you going to turn your mindset today, today, in this moment, in this time, from a mindset of fear into faith? She heard. You've heard. Will you believe? Will you believe? Will you receive? Will you do something? Will you walk into your freedom today to receive God's promises? She walked into her freedom. Will you? The Lord God is the supreme God of the heavens above and earth below. There is nothing to fear. Keep your eyes on him. She faced her fear. She went in Israel. She married. She was living in the Israel and with the Israelites. You heard me read that. She, re, she married Solomon who then they had a baby named Boaz. You remember Boaz? Okay, Boaz and Ruth got married. Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David, who the tribe of Judah came out, the Messiah. Will you take the land that God has given and placed before you today? Will you? Or will you let fear keep you back from the freedom that God wants you to walk into today? Right here, right now. What's holding you back? Is it the past? Is it the what ifs? Whatever you're facing in fear, whatever it is, it's afraid of God. His banner over you is love. And perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love. His banner over you is love. And perfect love cast all out fear. Right now, right here, this is the time for you to make that decision. Will you believe? You've heard. Will you believe? Would you bow your head in prayer right now? Thank you for an incredible group of women here today. As your spirit, God, Holy Spirit is moving across this room right now. And speaking to hearts. And calling you. You've heard. 
Will you obey? Will you do something? Will you walk out of fear? Maybe just one thing that God's showing you. Will you leave the past behind? Will you put the what ifs behind? And trust his banner over you is love. He loves you so much. The goodness of God is calling you because he loves you so, so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If the Lord is showing you something in your life right now, I just ask that you just stand right where you are and we're going to pray for you. Wherever you are, are, just stand right where you are. If there's something that God's showing you right now in your life that you need to lay down, to walk, there's something that is hindering you from walking into that freedom that God has for you. The land that he's given you, that he's called you to. Just stand right where you are. I'm going to pray over you. Our prayer team is going to come alongside you also and pray over you. Your sister that's next to you can pray over you. We're not, we're leaving here different. You're making a decision that you're leaving here different. You're making a decision today. You're making a decision today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. Thank you, Lord, for these incredible, brave women today that have said, I'm going to take that step of faith. I'm going to leave that fear behind me. I will. I'm going to inherit my promises. I'm going to walk into the land that you've called me, to the life that you've called me to live. And I'm going to leave the past behind. And I'm not going to believe any lies of the enemy anymore or have a mindset of fear, but walk in faith. Thank you, Jesus. Our prayer team is going to just pray for you right in your seat. So you just stand there and let, just let the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ is here. His presence is here. He wants to do something incredible in your life today because he didn't bring you here by accident. He didn't bring you here for you to go out the same way you came in. If there was a burden that you were carrying, if there was something that was holding you back of something that, that was that was causing you to walk in fear and not be that amazing, fearless woman that God's called you to be. He's here right now. He ordained this time, this place right now just for you. That's how much he loves you, just for you right now. Just for you. And our team is just going to keep praying for you and our worship team is going to just worship. If you want to worship, you can worship with them. But mainly, you get set free today. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.